Hi, and welcome to Rodcast with me, Lee Durrant, joined today with Teresa as well. Um, we're both going to be interviewing Heli Justusson today, who is in the Salesforce ecosystem. But uh, it's more this one's more about her experience as a transformational change specialist and a, and a business and life coach, and how she perceives the future after COVID-19 and, and all of the lockdown uh, issues we've been all, all, all going through. So uh, this has been recorded in the middle of lockdown, um, but I think hopefully you'll all see some some positive messages there from Heli about how life might change, but also how the Salesforce ecosystem will, will potentially thrive in the future. So I hope you enjoy it. So hi, Heli. Uh, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Yeah, we're, you know, we're getting there, aren't we? Teresa's with us as well, as you yes. know. hello. Hi, Teresa. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. Uh, yes, kind of looking forward to the day when, uh, I don't want to use the word normal, but uh, looking forward to the day when we can actually be a lot more social with people and, you know, not feel like you've got to keep your closest people at arm's distance. So, yeah, yeah. looking forward to those times. <laughs> So before we dive into it, are you okay just to give us a little introduction of, of yourself in terms of, you know, not just, just introduce yourself if that's okay? Yeah, <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, so, so my name is Heli and Heli Justison and I am 43 years old. I kind of want to put that in there because I'm kind of proud of my age. I'm still alive, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> and I, I have I have a feeling that we don't celebrate the fact that we we get to get older enough. So so that's that's one of Great. the things that yeah um, I love that and it's the wisdom that comes with it. So why not yeah. shout about it? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. No. Exactly. And and the fact that you you get another year to do the crazy things that you want to do. So um, so I'm I'm sort of a, a, a transformation change uh, specialist uh, with a background in in a bit of management consultant uh, consultancy, and I've worked in a multitude of different industries and and things like that. And um, and the thing is, there is always these similarities between each industry, and everybody thinks that they're unique. But mm. to be fair, we're really not. <laughs> we're yeah. all creatures of habits so yeah. it's um so so that's that's one of the things that that uh, you can always take with you when you're uh on your life journey and and things like that so i'm, I'm very much um a holistic person as well i see us as living a life uh not necessarily having a career uh and and i think sometimes that when people uh, face a crisis and, and a crisis can be losing a job, which a lot of people are in that situation right now, mm. or going through a divorce, which also a lot of people are facing right now <laughs> because mm. of the, the being at home with the family yeah. and, and things yeah. are coming out right now as well. It, yeah. It's um, nodding it's, quite, quite heartily at that one. It's a bit worrying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're safe. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. so, so the thing is with that, uh, it's instead of seeing it as as a, a tearful goodbye to something, then seeing it as an opportunity to actually go out and do the things that you've always dreamed mm. about doing. Um, so, and sometimes a crisis needs to happen for us to actually wake up and, and change what we're doing. It's the Absolutely. same thing with il illness as well. It's like if you've gone down a road where 
where you've been living an unhealthy lifestyle, then something needs to wake you up for you to actually alter that lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, else, or else we just, we kind of go through life mindless. It's, it's not really a conscious uh, road that we're taking. So we're not conscious of the present moment. We, we mm. either sort of dwell on the past and it's never a good thing <laughs> about the yeah. past. Yeah. It's, never, it's never the good things about the past that we dwell on. It's always the hard things. Yeah. Um, and or we, we focus on a better future. We, we never just appreciate where we are. And, um, yeah. and I, think, I think one of those things is, is, is what we need to start working on a little bit more. <laughs> no, you're right. And I, I mean, I know we come from sort of similar coaching backgrounds and that. And I think, you know, that there are people that, you know, you, you know, when you need to make a massive change, because there will be some form of an intervention. And yeah. you can either choose to do that intervention yourself. So you either make a decision to change the things about your life that you're not happy with or it's forced upon you. Um, yeah. I prefer to be in the control, as I said. <laughs> yeah. they, I'm, I'm, I like to be in control of those changes. But they, they, they're often very good things. It's only when you look back through you know, hindsight that you suddenly go, actually, if that, if that thing hadn't have happened, I would have still been going down that same path and that wouldn't have been healthy. It wouldn't have been good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, totally totally agree where you're coming from on that point i think i should but, for people listening I, I should point out that both heli and Teresa are coaches to, to various different um degrees um, is that right heli i know i know Teresa's yes, yeah. in that respect and you are as well aren't you as well as well as everything else you do you're a, yeah a, yeah so, so i'm yeah well but well it's um so for me it's it's uh it's both life coaching and, and things like that but my background in coaching is is an agile coach as well, where it's in sort of the, the corporate space of things. Yeah. But, um, but I'm also a neuro coach, uh, which is based on, on neuroscience and things like that. So kind of look at, at, at fear elements and motivation elements and things. Yeah. And, and that's just a, um, um, a protocol that you can use in any type of coaching. So you don't need to to be something particular yeah. to actually be able to use that, yeah. so. and just just to tie this in a little bit with obviously the history of this podcast um you are in the salesforce space so that people can can, can yeah. find you on linkedin and everything like that. <laughs> yeah it yeah not be your uh, what i you know what, what i like about you as well amongst other things is that you you you're not all about it's just salesforce so part of your um your digital transformation and and, and change management it, salesforce is a part of that but it's not the only yeah, yeah it is yeah do you, oh no, do you mind telling us a bit about that? Because um, I, I don't, I know, there'll be some people listening as well that perhaps wonder yeah. what, what is change management? What is transformation yeah. change management and that sort of stuff? Well, well the, the, the scary part is that a lot of people go out and, and buy, buy new uh, CRM systems as, as Salesforce is and, mm. and, and implement that in an, in, in an organization. And they think, oh, we're just changing a tool. Uh, but in fact, you're changing the way that you're working um, so if you have an old legacy system, then, then Salesforce is, is this, this golden new goose that you're getting in, <laughs> but you can't, you can't approach Salesforce with an old mindset. You have to change your mindset as well in terms of how to utilize that CRM to the best abilities of it. So you're not just changing an IT system, you're changing the way you work. Um, and, and for a Salesforce project to be, uh, you know, to reap the best rewards and, 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 and utilize the benefits that you're trying to achieve with the business plan you've set up originally, 
um, you, you really need to change more than just, just a system. So, um, so that's, that's kind of where the mindset of, of the likes of me come in. And, and I'm, I will come into a project not as a change manager, but as a program manager. So I take on sort of the more strategic elements of it. But because of my, my background in coaching and change and everything like that, that means I can reach further than, mm -hmm. than just delivering a program. Um, so kind of in short, that's, that's what I do. <laughs> yes, brilliant. And, and um, I think we had a, a, a message back and forth, didn't we, about how, that's, how that can be different and how, or how in the Salesforce yeah. world there are some companies that perhaps just, just want to deliver a, a piece of Salesforce kit and yeah. then yeah. off yeah. they go. Um, so how does that differ for you then in terms of what you do around that that makes sure that the, you know, the, the, the users are happy with it and, uh, and the business? Well, well, well us usually the thing is that you need to be prepared uh, for, for getting a new system. And, and that means that you have to look with, with some critical eyes on the, how you're doing your business now mm -hmm. and also what it is that you're wanting to achieve in the future. So all businesses have a strategy that they're trying to uh, achieve in, in, a, in a yearly business plan. And a Salesforce implementation fit right into that. And part of the reason why people are getting Salesforce is to achieve that business plan. It may be that they want to, you know, have more customers or they want to reduce their cost of sales or whatever it may be that's the reason why they're thinking, I need a new CRM system. Or it may just be a risk factor that the old system is, is not compliant with GDPR or something like that. There is a reason that you're making this investment. And, and, and so it needs to fit into that plan. And a lot of people just see it as an IT project. And it isn't an IT project, it's a business project. Because you can look at a CRM system and say, so the technical part of it is, is an IT domain, but the data that goes into the system is a business domain. And also the business processes that you are mimicking in the system is owned by the business, not by IT. Mm. So, so that's why these two needs to, you know, you need to work hand in hand on this. You, you're not operating in a vacuum. And, yes. um, and sometimes businesses are, are set up kind of in the old way where it's silo-based and where in the old days you can kind of just have the database was run by IT and <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And nobody actually <laughs> knew what, what was going on there. And so you would have this a little bit of an, an animosity between business and IT because IT would go, well, you know, business would ask for something and IT would go like, oh my God, but I can't, that's, that's a major configuration we need to do to the system to comply with what you're asking. Mm -hmm. And when they say that to the business, they don't understand that. So you yeah. have two people, uh, you know, two, two sides of the business that are speaking different languages. And, and this is kind of, again, where we come in and, uh, and, and try to make this conversation go better and, yeah. and making sure that the business get what they need so they can measure the inputs and outputs of, of the wonderful things that they're doing to grow their business and everything like that. But also making sure that they're not asking ridiculous demands of IT to live up to that because that's the other side of that as well, where IT is, is pulling their hair out. Um, and, and sometimes it's, they've, uh, divested in IT. So they haven't invested enough in the education and everything like that in IT because, hey, these guys just sit in a 
in a basement somewhere <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so that's the other side of it. And, 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 and what we're trying to do is, is go in and be, be that voice where, where we get people to, to look at this from, from a new perspective. And, yes. and, and that's where it starts, really. And, and after that, when going through the implementation and everything like that, there's a huge communication piece and, and getting everybody motivated to, uh, to chime in and, and give feedback and, and, and things like that. So that, um, you know, in itself, uh, Salesforce is a wonderful system, but it still needs to be uh, adapted to the business that it's in. And yeah. the better it's adapted to the business, the, the more... Uh, wonderful things you get out of it so that you can do what what you really need to do to achieve the benefits so yeah. so that's that's it yeah i mean it's, it's quite interesting i mean many years back and um i'm of a similar age to you so um you know sort of back when i was about 20 <laughs> i think uh I, I remember being working in a, a sort of property management company and um they decided that they wanted to get this new crm system the, the one that we had was very antiquated you could barely do anything and if you press the wrong button you suddenly deleted so much data yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so they called the it you know department that basically said oh we're going to get this new system and that sounded fantastic but there was such a um such a gap between how people wanted to use a system and what IT or the people that were suggesting should be implemented within the business. Yeah, and yeah. there was so much pushback. I mean, we're probably talking about six months of people just refusing to use a new IT system because they didn't yeah. understand how it worked or what benefit it would have to them. And I mean, back then I knew nothing about um, computer systems and crm systems and when i started in that job i barely knew how to turn a pc on so we are talking a long time ago and um i, I got curious and i think that's just my nature is that i i kind of i want to understand how things work and i kind of put myself forward really to just go and sit with the it department and say like pick my brains understand what i want to be able to do on the system and it did help because eventually they, they you know they kind of got me doing some configuration and things like that but often there is the people that are using it understanding what the business needs and then the it department they're so separate in their way of thinking yeah, um, yeah. that i can totally understand where you're coming from it's important to come in and just actually look at that whole thing holistically um, so you can kind of pull it together and i think once people then start to see um actually how's it going to impact them and make their lives easier they're all on board with it and therefore that fear of oh we've got a new system we've got change happening kind of takes care of itself yeah um so yeah it's um it's interesting isn't it i bet obviously i know you've worked like I said earlier in so many different industries um i, I imagine there's, there's everywhere every company's different some, some have you know great relationships within between the it department and the sales department let's say and some probably don't um mm. do you have any sort of tips because I, I suppose at the moment so many companies ours included have been forced into making so many changes because of the virus um yeah do you have any kind of tips in terms of the 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 mentality of it and uh, being forced perhaps to, to, to do these uh, transformational changes. Any, any tips or any sort of guidelines for people that are going through this at the moment? Well, I think to be honest, um, a lot of, uh, from what I can see as well is that a lot of um, organizations are actually making great progress just in themselves because they basically have to. Yeah. Um, what, what I would say is, you know, not to look at this as 
after this is over, we're just going back to where we were. I think this is a golden opportunity to look at, so how can we create workplaces that um, accommodate people's lifestyles mm-hmm. um, so that, that the flexibility that is given by being able to work from home and everything like that actually continues? Um, because a, a lot of people have children, a lot of people have pets and, and things like that. And, and most of us spend, you know, two to three hours a day in commutes to go yeah. to any type of office anywhere. And, and those hours can be spent on, on other things like, like getting into shape, uh, which will benefit your work as well. So yeah. I'm not, it, it's, I think a lot of people have this thing that they have this work and, and their life are separate, but it isn't because what is reflected in one area of your life is reflected in another area. So if you don't have time to exercise and, and eat right, then that will also affect your productivity and your stress levels and, and other things like that. So, 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 what I'm, yeah. so what I'm kind of hoping is that, that people will embrace this and say, well, you know, um, some people enjoy commutes and it's great if you can have a seat and you can, be re- you, you can read while you're doing it or something like that. But most of us experience like cramped trains mm-hmm. and, and, and things like that. And, and if we can be a little bit more flexible, um, <clears throat> then I, I think everybody will come out of this a tad more happy. And, and, I, think, and I think that's needed, to be honest. Absolutely. I mean, we, I mean we've obviously always had an office and we've all been working from home where we can um, since March. And there are a couple of ladies that we talked to and they've used that commuting time to actually go out and do their run because they know there's going to be somebody in the house taking care of the children. That gives them quality time for themselves to make them feel better about themselves. So we've, we've already noticed that kind of lifestyle. And even we are probably, we're less stressed as business owners than we've ever been. Um, yeah. It's a stressful situation, but actually our ability to handle this, what you know, we, we commonly know now is unprecedented times, and I'm kind of a little bit sort of sick of that title now. But, um, um, but you know, in what is quite a, a sort of stressful time, we've noticed that we're less stressed because of the, the better work-life balance that we have. And even though you could argue, well, sometimes you can't separate work from home, you're kind of right, actually. All of those areas of your life complement one another anyway, so why would you want to separate them? Yeah, no, it's it's uh, and and it's. I think I think it's I think it's a little bit naive to think that if if you're going through something, let's say it's a divorce or something like that, that it wouldn't affect your your work, because of, of course it would. It's it's mm. it's, it's a, a emotional distress that you're going through and everything like that. So so everything does. It's the same thing with your health. It's you if if you're having kidney problems or something like that, that you're going to bring that to work. <laughs> the kidneys don't stay home. So it's, so I think, I think sometimes it's just, um, it's, it's really looking into that flexibility because again, people are so uh, maybe more productive at, at other hours of the day than, mm-hmm. than, than from eight to five or something like that. That's kind of set up. So, so I think that the, the thing about work is that, if you think about it, we're kind of, we're kind of linked to the manufacturing hours of uh, like from a hundred years ago or something like that, because, Hey, that's when the machines were running. (laughs) So you have to be by the machines. Right. And, and, and with, with, 
the way that the you know life is and, and with technology today and stuff like that it doesn't necessarily need to be that way i get that if you're a manager it becomes it becomes hard to micromanage if you have people working different hours mm. or or splitting their hours throughout the day or whatever that might look like but then again you shouldn't have to micromanage uh because then you're not being a proper manager um yeah. so so that's that that's the other thing around it it's like you can you can look at at what is it that a person has agreed to deliver and are they delivering it uh that <laughs> should be your measure of of productivity to be honest not Rather whether than, or not they're, yeah. they're they're stuck with a computer some people might work faster than others some may need to take some time and and things like that and and it's also uh because our work is so uh linked to our mind so we 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 have to deliver creativity in terms of, of, of what it is that we do, but you can't force creativity by sitting in front of a computer eight hours straight. Our, our mind is just not built for that. So, so you need to have breaks. So for instance, when you daydream, that's when your brain goes into problem solving mode because you're no longer focused. Your brain is now taking a break and the rest of, uh, well, it's your frontal lobe that's taking a break. That's where you make decisions and that's where you focus. But then the rest of the brain takes over and you go into sort of like a daydreaming-like state. Yeah. And this is where creative problem solving happens. So as, as you hear a lot of people saying, oh, I got this idea while I was in the shower, right? Yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that, that ability is, is really when, when you're in a situation of, I am now in my creative problem-solving mode because I'm a bit of, I'm daydreaming right now. Yeah. And, and it's not that you leave things away because you're daydreaming. You're not cheating. Actually, right now, this is where some of the most creativity and, and the best uh, way of solving an issue actually emerges. So you have to let yourself do that. We're finding that with, um, obviously, being forced to, to work from home, um, which we are now really liking, um, going for walks every day, you know, and it's, it's been it's been the highlight for a lot of people, I imagine, in this um, the lockdown period of, of going for a nice walk. Don't necessarily talk to each other because you know we we live together and we work together, and so you don't, but you are, you are having that daydream state, aren't you? While you're going around the around the block or whatever you're doing, and sometimes you yeah. come back from those walks with some fresh ideas or um, certainly renewed energy to, to get some work done and that's something yeah. I'm, I'm really enjoying them never used to do that in the office yeah. you would sit at your desk and apart from making a tea or going to the toilet that would be you wouldn't move um so yeah i'm, I'm hoping a lot of other companies are going to feel like that as well yeah no no absolutely do you know um for, for in all of this i know that's your you know your, your big advocate for um is the search for talent and the fact that if if companies aren't so focused on having everybody in an office every single minute of the working day, they're, they're actually opening themselves up to a wider talent pool. Um, oh, yeah. Is what we're thinking about. Mm -hmm. um, because rather than just searching for the nearest person, you can search for the best person for the job. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about that sort of um, way of looking at things? Yeah, no, I, I, think, I think that's, again, creative thinking right there. It might not be, you know... Uh, revolutionary or anything like that but it's it, it's it's part of this thing where it's like yeah you you go for the best person for the job as opposed to the nearest person or or that they fit into a certain box of things um 
because as you were saying that, I was just thinking about, you know, most of us, if, if you've ever uh, gone to high school, you know, college and, and university and things like that, a lot of times when we're working on papers, we will, you know, sometimes be working in the evening, we'll be working at different times of the day. So we wouldn't be working in that eight to five type of structure anyway. Mm. Um, and, and the end result is, is that whatever research that's coming out of that. And, and sometimes it's about being, you know, looking at things from that perspective and saying, what is, how, how do you get the best results? How do you get the best productivity? As opposed to, does it have to be in, in a time box setting like that? Yeah. So that's, so that's, that's the tip of a, a very good tip then for business owners that are probably, um, you know, having this work from home thrust on them and, and not being used to it. Um, maybe don't rush back to having everyone in the office all the time. And, um, yeah. and, and yeah, like I say, so tip, tips for those bosses that are used to seeing bodies sitting at desks mm-hmm. and they're not seeing that anymore. It's more about delivery, not presenteeism. Um, would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things that, that um, in the company I work for that we're seeing as well is that uh, some people, um, because it's quite international, some people have, have gone home um, to stay with their parents during this, this um, pandemic and uh, are then working out of a home that's not in the UK, but, but somewhere else in Europe or in the US or whatever it is. And that's given them an opportunity to kind of go home and spend some time with, with loved ones as well. But that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that they, they have to take the time off for it, that you have that flexibility as well, that it doesn't really matter. Do I have to sit in Chislehurst or can I go back to um, staying a week with my parents in Denmark, for instance, Uh, I would be doing the same amount of work and everything like that. But at the same time, I would also enjoy the company of my family. So Again, and it doesn't really matter. It doesn't even have to be across borders. It could just be that you have all parents up in Manchester or something like that. And, yeah, yeah. and they, you know, need a little bit of help during this time. And, but that doesn't mean you have to take the time off to do that. Um, well, exactly. And I mean, there's also another aspect of that as well is that, I mean, if, if you, in those situations, you know, if you've got elderly parents and you can't be with them because you're in a different location, you, you know, your, your mind is taken up with feeling guilty because you're, yeah. you're not having that opportunity to be with the people that you care the most about. Um, so that's probably going to you know, push your productivity down anyway because your mind is constantly elsewhere, concerned, yeah. worried, yeah. feeling guilty about that. Um, so no, you're, you're totally right there. I think if, you know, it doesn't matter where you are if you can deliver the work. Does it matter if it's a different time zone? As long as the you know the delivery piece, or when you need to be online, you can be yes, online. Yes, um, you're going to be happier and productive because you're right where you need to be at that moment in time. So that's mm, quite an yeah, interesting yeah. point. Oh, and and of course you would have that uh, if it's a UK company that the the UK timeline is is the is the one. So if if someone uh, invites you to a meeting at at ten at ten a.m., of course you can be there. You know, yeah. it's 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 not that. It's not about just letting everything go. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, it's about being an adult and, and using, using the flexibility and things like that, uh, with responsibility. And, and this is what you would expect from people. I mean, that's, that's when you hire a person, you expect them to be able to do their job. It's, it's not, you don't have to be chained to a desk to do that, but, um, but you have the responsibility to deliver. So it's, it's really within those realms. Um, 
um, yeah, we have a saying in Denmark, it's called freedom under responsibility, which means you can basically do, <laughs> it's, it's not that you don't have to chime into the office or anything like that. It's just, it's just more, you don't, you know, the boss won't, won't be standing over your head going like, oh, so have you done that yet? And yeah. things like that. It's, it's, it's not like that. So, um, Oh, I like that. Mm, I read that yeah. one down. That's a good one. <laughs> That's um, a good quote. <laughs> I, know, I, I, know, I know a word that you didn't like, or a phrase, sorry, was, was new normal. Um, yeah. I'm going to mention it because I wanted, to, I wanted to get your response to that because um, so many people have been saying, what's the new normal going to be? Um, so I'll ask you that question, even though I appreciate you're not, you're not a fan of the, uh, the terminology. <laughs> but what, what do you think on that? Well, I, 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 would, I would sort of argue that that's never really been a normal. I don't think that we have a normal. Uh, yeah. I, think, I think we just have norms. Uh, yeah. and, and, and things always change. So, so one thing that's certain of things uh, of life is that we're always in flux. Um, it's just that the changes are so small at times that we don't notice them. Uh, it's the same thing with getting older. So it's like, I'm not staying 24 uh, forever, right? It's, really? Can't we do that? It's <laughs> yeah. such a shame. And, and when people talk about sort of normal, they're, they're, they're kind of implying sort of a, a static way of living and nothing static. And, and the reason I use age as, a, as an example is that everybody would, would look at me a bit silly if I was like, no, I'm going to stay at 24 forever. It's like, yeah, but that's not life. But, yeah. but, but you don't have that static thing around uh everything else that we do work and, and all of that um mm. it's so you may be in a in a company for five years but after five years that change or you find you know there is a is another opportunity that comes your way or or whatever that might happen in your life that 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 means that that things have to change so i, I don't necessarily think that um we have norms and and the norms used to be that everybody would uh go on a crowded train to a you know, an office and be a little bit cranky because uh, someone had eaten garlic the day before and you were standing <laughs> right in the, oh, gosh. You know, yeah. in the smell of that and, and then you come in and everybody else is a little bit cranky and, and, and it's like, good morning to you guys and, and then yeah. you're there supposed to start a day. Um, and, and if that's the norm, I, I, think, I think I would want to pass on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree. Well, I mean, it's, it, it, they're kind of just little mini habits as well, aren't they? Often what we yeah. consider to be normal are just habits yeah. that we've either had set for us yeah. or we've set them ourselves based on what we, you know, what we perceive to be the norm. Um, but no, I mean, life's forever changing and you just have to, to ebb and flow with it, really. Otherwise, you're just going to feel frustrated all the time. But if you see yourself as a couple as well, what, what you do, Teresa, and you think is the norm in your habits is not what, what Lee does, exactly. you know, you, you still, yeah. so, so if, if he had to conform 100% to your habits, he wouldn't like that, right? So, so in marriage, they, call, they call that compromise in marriage, yeah, I think. Yeah, exactly. Close <laughs> to 100% in marriage. Yeah. That's a very good point. How, on a personal level, how are you finding it? Because you know, I know you like your... Um, challenges don't you in terms of walks okay. and, and all that because you when you're planning to Kilimanjaro you're going to do this year yes yes uh so so the trip for Kilimanjaro is uh is still set to go in September mm -hmm. um so I had a I had a trip planned for May that was postponed uh where I was going to the Atlas Mountains in Morocco to mm. 
uh, climb Mount Tutkel. So, so now that's in October. So my trips are now sort of like pearls on a, spr <laughs> on oh, a string wow. as they, they come back. So, so if, if everything goes to plan, then September. So I'll be hopefully summiting uh, Kilimanjaro on my 44th uh, birthday. Wow. Uh, so, so that should be, be very good. And then Amazing. a month after that, uh, I'm going to the Atlas Mountains. And then I just booked that over Christmas. I'm, I'm actually going to um, spend that in Jordan. Um, wow. So um, we're looking at whether or not Israel is going to open up as well, because we were thinking about me and a friend of mine to uh, spend Christmas in uh, Bethlehem and then do mm -hmm. a trek of, of Jordan after that uh, over the Christmas holidays. So, so those Fantastic. are the three... Well, Three adventures I have planned if, if COVID doesn't get in the way of that. <laughs> well, let's hope that uh, it doesn't because, uh, yeah, the, right. it sounds like there'll be amazing experiences. And, and are, the, are these for just for fun or are you raising money for anything? Uh, no, these are for fun. Uh, this is not uh, a charity event or anything like that. Um, this, is, this is a challenge for me personally. So, yeah, good for um, you. So that's, um, that's it, yeah. Oh, that, no, that's kind of looking forward to those days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you know we, we're a little bit. I don't think we're quite as crazy as you, but we're um, <laughs> we, we we do some UK related sort of challenges and stuff like that. But Teresa has an injury at the moment, so uh, we, we're we're waiting for that to be sorted out, and then we can. Um, I've written down some of the things you're doing, so maybe one day we'll we'll uh, follow in your footsteps. Um, yeah. That sounds great. I hope you get to do those things. Um, did you have any sort of other comments on, on either the current climate and how it's affecting the Salesforce world? I mean, I, I, I would imagine that Salesforce will come out of this quite well, won't they, because of the, the digital transformations going on and Salesforce being such a big part of that. I think, I think to, be, to be honest, if we look a little bit at the future, I think what they'll find is that, that when things are a little bit more stabilized and, and people or companies have their, their clients coming back, um, mm. And, and when they look in investments, I think a lot more clients will be looking into upgrading their, their uh, CRM systems and everything like that because it makes it easier to work from home and to be more flexible. And um, so, so I actually think that what they're going to see is it, there's going to be a lot of work to do, to do after coming out of mm -hmm. this. So, so people might be hesitating right now and, 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 and delivering on on the projects that they're currently doing and everything like that but but i think i think definitely going forward it's going to be more of that um mm. because it's it's completely obvious isn't it that that you need to have your data in place and you need to have to be able to access that data from anywhere in the world yeah yeah i mean we, just you need new systems for that yeah, absolutely. I mean, we—I we, suppose—we're one of the fortunate companies that, because of the space we work in, um, we were already set up. So pretty much within hours, um, we could just say, right now, everybody works from home. But there are so many business out, businesses out there that have struggled, and similar businesses that were in, you know, the block that we were working in, they've had to go into the office throughout this entire period. And you can see that anxiety on their faces when you speak to people because as much as they want to be there doing their job, they equally don't want to be there because, you know, the fear of taking the virus back home to their families. Um, so I think there are going to be, like you say, so many businesses out there that they don't want to be put in this position again. 
Yeah. Um, so they're going to have to make that change. So um, that's a positive really message for people out there who are unfortunately in between contracts or you know made redundant in the Salesforce space. Is that we think we should get busy again, and uh, and those skill sets will be needed. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. And, and I, if it was me, I would I would look at this this opportunity to kind of upskill uh, on different things that that are of interest, whether it's it's uh, Salesforce certifications or or it might be change management uh, type of um, capabilities as well. Um, yeah, no, look into anything that that you may find you're curious about and actually explore that because mm. there is bound to be. Um, a need for those skills uh, yeah. very soon. I I think when we get out of uh, on the other side of of summer as well. I think I think it's more about what the scientists come up with and 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 how things look from that perspective. Uh, because we can't we can't keep things locked down forever. Uh, there yeah. has to be some some flow of things, or else um, you know you're you're looking at at a complete then. Uh, a very large recession if if we don't do something and i think the flexibility because to be honest if if you don't have to go to an office you can still work it's you can still put in those eight eight to nine hours a day without any issue so so that should not be be the um the hindrance to actually do this yeah, I've I've got a, another question. I mean, I could probably answer this one myself, but you know, <laughs> this is about you. This podcast, not about us. Um, but for people out there, and you know, we we are hearing so many people that are in desperate situations uh, where maybe they were sort of in between jobs. They'd left one place and then were due to start somewhere else, and then that offer got pulled because of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. What are your tips for sort of? helping people to remain a bit positive during this period where all around them they might be in a little bit of chaos um, because they can't quite see what the future might look like what, what would your tips be for kind of trying to remain positive during this period I, th- I think trying not to first of all trying not to think that you need to figure this out mm-hmm. uh, what the future is because nobody really knows that you need a crystal ball for that so so don't take on that responsibility first of all, uh, mm-hmm. because that's just a, you know, that's just going to induce more fear into uh, the way that that you are right now. So um, in terms of positivity and everything else, I I think one of the things is is to actually uh, leave the worries and the doubts that you have about yourself and, and, and push them away because the reason you're not working right now is not because of your capabilities. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nothing personal or anything like that. So always kind of remember that mm-hmm. um, because that puts your, your mind more in a relaxed state. And when you're more in a relaxed state and you're not ruminating over the negatives and everything like that and the chaos and everything, then you can become more creative. And when you start to be more creative, you start to see solutions um, and, and start to focus on the things that you probably haven't had time to do before. So you yeah. will, of course, be looking at trying to get a new job and everything like that. But at the same time, also explore your creative sides more and, and other curiosities that you might have. Because what that does is that it opens your mind to be able to look at new solutions. And it may also uh, create 
other opportunities for you that you did not think were possible before. Um, so, so that's, that's usually how I, how I approach things. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's very good. And I'm sure there are going to be many people out there that will listen to that and probably say, do you know, you're right. I've, I've probably been focusing on um, my energies on the, on the wrong thing, the things that I can't control. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think and I think that's, that's the thing. We have a little bit of, um, I think, I think that's the problem as well is that, um, because we, we tend to think that we can, we can control things that are actually out of our control. So we, use a, we spend a lot of our energy on that, uh, trying to force things through. And, yeah. and that's just not possible. Um, yeah. so, so you kind of have to take that energy back and say, okay, so what is within my power? What, what can I do? Is there, is there something that I'm already doing that if I, if I put my, my mind to it or something like that, um, I can, I can do that instead. And that yeah. might also be an alternative income. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, a, a point that you've made before is that, um, you know, a lot of time is spent looking back, um, you know, trying to figure out what went wrong. Again, it's just a, it's a, it's a waste of energy because you can't really change what's happened to you, but you, all you can do is focus on the here and now. What can I do today? And what could I potentially do that is within my control for the future whatever area of life that is whether it is about work related or you know gaining different skills or even just focusing on health um, and mental health and well-being because often opportunities come out of those different areas of our life that we ordinarily wouldn't look at in association with work environments um so yeah it's 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 kind of like that wheel of life where it's all tangible and it, it all interacts with one another so yeah i think some really good points there and another thing as well is that this might be just the best opportunity to actually do something that you've always dreamt about doing, uh, which may not have anything to do with your, your daytime career. Yeah. Um, and, and, and putting some, some energy into that, one, it's going to make you happy. And, and two, again, it might just be something where there may be that alternative income stream to it. Um, mm. That, that, that's going to pull you through until, you know, the next opportunity arrives. Um, so, so I think it's, it's more that. And, and at the same time as well, even, um, even if the creativity is within a Salesforce setup, you, you know, people can always develop stuff that they might actually be of, of benefit. And that as well may give you the next opportunity. Um, yeah, totally agree. I mean, we, we have heard some, you know, great stories from some candidates that we've been speaking to. Um, that are in between these the, you know jobs now and they're using that time to volunteer in other in other areas with you know charities who are already feeling the pinch because they're not getting as much support from grants and things like that so there's been some incredible things coming out um, part of it might be that people sometimes don't feel that they have that within them that they don't necessarily have anything to offer and I would always say to people there is always something that you can offer there is always some ability or skill that you have and more often than not it probably comes down to the, the confidence to do it but yeah. in these challenging uh, times now is a good time to actually go out and do that because people are probably more open to taking that that help from people um so i think we, we have some amazing opportunity here for people to to dip a toe in different areas and, and really find their own abilities and market 
or, or just doing using the opportunity to discover yourself. I think mm. I think mm. sometimes this is something we do when we're younger, right? We, yeah, we try yeah. we're we're working hard to find our own identity and everything like that. And and when we kind of find that, we get stuck in it instead of recognizing that what was important to me in my 20s may not be the same things that are important to me in my 30s, my 40s, my 50s. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the perfect time to kind of get reacquainted with yourself. Um, I think we sometimes forget that because we're so focused on, oh, we have to pay this mortgage and, and, and things like that, that it gets so focused on these things then that we kind of lose ourselves in the process. Absolutely. It's about embracing that inner child. Because, <laughs> you know, they're amazing at it, aren't they? Yeah, well. yeah it's, it's kind of like, go, go out and play, for God's sake. <laughs> I love that idea. Like, I might yeah. just have a playtime this afternoon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> take, take a ball outside and have a go at it, you know. It, it's, it's, it's almost like we, we look at kids and, and, and for children, that's, that's, you know, if they're inside and they're being a little bit cranky, it's like, kind of like, yeah, take this ball, go outside. Yeah. Know, right? <laughs> But we don't do that ourselves. And I think sometimes perhaps we should. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to go and grab a ball. <laughs> <laughs> or anything else. It, it could be skip ropes. It could be whatever it is. Like grab the kid's hula hoop and, and see if you can actually do it. <laughs> I, I think That's children fun. hate me because I, I always make their coloring books because I always enjoyed that. <laughs> Yeah. A very good note to, to end on, actually. It's quite a positive um, message, I think. So unless you wanted to say anything else, Heli, I, 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 yeah. I think I think that's it. I think I think we need more more playfulness back in our lives. I think that's that's another yeah. thing. Yes. Yeah, I think we're yeah, you're right. We're we're all far too serious. Uh, definitely fun playtime. Yeah, I agree with that. So we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll grab a ball and go outside and um, Thanks. Thank you so much. I can't believe it's been 50 minutes. It goes so quick. I mean, you know this anyway, but I could listen to you all day. Um, so maybe we'll do more of these with you. Uh, but that was um, that was great. Thanks very much, Heli. Um, oh, you're welcome. No doubt we will uh, speak soon. Yeah, that was amazing. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Oh, thank you so much for, for listening to me. <laughs> Once again, a big thank you to Heli Justison for that uh, interview. Hope you all found it uh, helpful and, and perhaps has given you a little chink of, of light at the end of this tunnel. Um, obviously, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll put links to Heli's uh, profile on, on the recording so that you can all find her if you need to reach out to her directly. Hope you enjoyed it, guys.